So hello, YGS audience. This is Emmanuel Holloway. It's your boy, Stephen Newman. And of course, we're on the couch and you're listening to Financial Therapy. Hey. All right, so uh, shout out to Stephen. He got him a new phone, so the quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to bring some updated quality to you, <laughs> Trying to step into 2020. It's been an interesting year. Um, however, um, yeah, we, so we have Fidel. We have Fidel out here. So... Uh, you know, enjoy. We want to be comfortable as we're talking to you guys. But on the way back from getting the phone, you brought up a good topic by by Jim Rohn. Shout out Jim Rohn. What was it? Shout the, out Jim Rohn. What was the What was the quote? Uh, what were we What were we talking about at the time? If you want a above average. Oh yeah, he's like, uh, I was listening to motivation. Uh, drop definitely. Let us know what your favorite person to listen to. Uh, right now I've been on the Jim Rohn kick, and he was talking about uh. If you want an above-average paycheck, become an above-average person. Ooh. Had to pause it. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> like, he just slapped me in the back of the head. I was like, man. Wake up. That, yeah. yeah, I was speaking to him. Yeah, that's... We wanted to... Uh, we wanted to have an open conversation about that. So, again, reach out to us and let us know who you like to you know, listen to. But also give us your feedback on this, on this quote. Uh, so, then our conversation carried on. Uh, we're not going to try to relive that conversation. We're going to just continue to flow. But you also brought up a good point of Thomas Sowell. No, no, no. You were saying you had a friend who was in, uh, who worked for Georgia Power. He worked his yeah. way. Yeah. He worked his way into, um, uh, he worked his way into a position where he was seeing people when they was getting their salaries. And the reason why we're having this conversation is because we wanted to have a conversation around um, ownership, responsibility, um, human life value, investing, and, and being prepared for that. So when you was talking about your your your, your friend uh, being in this position, you mentioned that one um, demographic doesn't uh, negotiate yeah. their, their salaries. Yeah, Do he you... was saying um, the black people that he was seeing come through. Uh, you know, they didn't negotiate their salaries. And it pretty much went with whatever the offer was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and full disclosure, I've done that. Like, just mm-hmm. taking it. It's like, oh, yeah, you offer me this? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Got a job. Let's go. Yeah. You know, kind of like, Calvin, got a job. Calvin, <laughs> <laughs> got a job. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. What's going on, Calvin? <laughs> but, yeah, that that's real, man. That's real. Uh, and we thought it was apropos, especially given what's going on. In the media, uh, a lot of black on black sort of disagreements about worth, uh, ownership, you know, a lot of quotes being thrown around. You don't get what you earn, you get what you negotiate for. Uh, but it brought up a, a really good conversation, which is, you know, what are people negotiating for out there? Uh, what are you asking for? Uh, what are you worth? What, you know, what? What is what you do worth? Uh, just bring up a lot of different questions. Uh, again, we, you know, this is financial therapy. So we always want to have conversations about the underlying things that we see when it comes to uh, the manifestation of, of value through a paycheck or ownership or lack thereof. And what's it stemming from? Like, where's, you know, where's all this coming from? Uh, everybody's wearing in on the Joe Button and the Charlemagne the God situation. 
But, you know, that's higher level stuff. You know, what about uh, us, you know, everyday black people? What are you guys out there negotiating for? Uh, are you saying your true word? Uh, and not, when I say work, I don't mean like, you know, everybody feels they're worthy or whatever. Uh, not that type of work. But it could be tied to that. It could be tied to your self worth. But well, uh, in your career, in your career, know. okay. Yeah. So pretty much, you're saying what's your worth to the economy? Because for one thing, we talk about uh, it's not, you know, our perception of us is our perception of us. What we're selling might not be the reason they're buying. So Ooh, shout out to Boosie. Yeah, shout out to Boosie. <laughs> so just we may feel that we're worth this, and granted. You should believe highly in yourself, but what is the market telling you? You know what I'm saying? I'm in. The, I'm just now really stepping back into the dating world after taking a hiatus and focusing on building. You know what you see in front of you. Um, and a question was brought to me about okay, what are some of your vices? Now my vices. This is for my number. <laughs> my vices may um, be something to me, but then again, I have to understand what someone else is. You know. You know, I got to take into consideration to understand, to build that connection of what the market is telling me, my, you know, the things I do in my relationship. So it's the same concept when you're working in the market. You know, uh, you know, there's we have we had an opportunity to have a conversation with a particular business. And because of the pandemic, their business model was 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 hit. And if because there was no traveling abroad, mm-hmm. so one of the things that you can consider, and if you're starting a business, what you can consider. Shout out to everybody going through that. Yeah, who's facing with adversity because again, when we see problems, we see opportunities. So, we, one thing that you can consider is asking the market what are some of their problems, what are some of the things. Do a survey, and get back that feedback so you can build that that connection, and that will also allow you to feel. And understand what your worth is. And then that will go back to what we was talking about previously when we started the the episode of if you want and desire an above average paycheck, you have to have an, an you have to become an above average person. And now that you understand what the market is telling you, you can seek out whatever information is necessary so you can bring value and now you can be an above average person. Um, than what you previously was, because the goal is again to be better than we was yesterday, and I believe that's very important when it comes to, you know, financial therapy. Because again, there's it costs to live. It costs to live. It costs to live. Yes, it do. <laughs> it costs to live. Like so, that's gonna always be there. But one thing that is costly that we can't get back is our time. Our uh, and our opportunities, you know. So when you're reaching out and, and getting feedback from the economy, you get to figure out what those problems or slash opportunities are, and now you get to create your market and bring value. So I think that's really dope, you know. Uh, and I think that speaks to... Yeah, and learn from males. Do what? Um, learn from... Cause I definitely, definitely going through this. You know when you, you said the undersold yourself. Go for the, learn from the L's. Learn from no, the L's. Nah. You know when you undersold yourself. You do. 
you know when you start collecting paychecks and you realize what you're bringing to the table, what you're doing, it's like, man, I should have asked for more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but learn from that experience. Um, and again, we try to bring the lessons as best we understand them because we're going through everything we bring up to y'all, we're going through ourselves. Yeah. So this isn't preaching. This is like, bro, this is this is what we're dealing with. This is what we're trying to figure out. Because, you know, I'm trying to become a above-average person. I'm hoping yeah. I'm above-average person. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times you doubt, uh, especially by yourself, you doubt. Uh, but our strategy is just, you know, we're going to continue to push. Uh, we know the value is there, and we're going to continue to push until we bring it to fruition. We're not going to sell ourselves short. We're not going to give away our ownership. Uh, we're going to own our voices. We're going to own our audio, our content, our companies. And we're going to continue to try to bring more value than we brought the quarter before, the month before, the year before. And we've been trying to build that way. And it's been a longer grind than expected. Uh, a lot of different turns. Ended up places we didn't think we'd end up. Uh, had to have fights we didn't know we'd have to have. <laughs> but that comes with freedom. <laughs> You know, when you, when you get freedom, it's it's time to fight. You know, it's freedom fight is for a reason. Yeah. When it comes to freedom, when you get that freedom, the it's the battle just begun. You know, and again, it's I know we say a lot of cliches. It's not what you do is what you become. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a breadwinner, as a family person. Um, as an employee or as an employer, it's not what you're doing, it's what you become. Um, so, uh, we, uh, we was, we last episode we talked about the Warren Buffett book. Oh, yeah, Management Secrets. The Management Secrets, and we, the acronym for leadership, and those intangibles that are in that book. Um, one thing that I ask that you guys do is, you know, kind of create a case study for yourself so you can see who you're becoming. And that will allow you to see your your, your worth. Um, then you can see the the effects of, you know, reading. Um, because that's been the biggest, it's been the biggest change in my life was, is reading more books. You know, reading more, reading more books. That's a good point. You know, that, it, it brings me to a story uh, I'm going to go on record of when me and Steve first met, uh, so we was, we was in a, a, in sales, you know, dreaded sales. You know, you come into sales, and they want you on the phones, 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 right? And Steve, being the, the intelligent, <laughs> intelligent, challenging the rhetoric type person, he's reading books like nobody's business and it was told to us to not read and I remember (laughs) as crazy as it sounds as as crazy as it may sound and we did not take it we did not we did not and we don't want to go into deep detail of who told it to us but but imagine that imagine being told not to read it brings or you that to, you're reading too much. Yeah. 
And in context, you do have to take action. Yeah, in, in context, it's you in sales, you gotta get, you gotta get out there and do it. Major and minor time. It, but that that told us, and it speaks to it was a fight. It was it was a journey. We had to be patient. We realized we needed to understand that we understood the game we was playing, and we wasn't playing their game. We was playing the long game, and then that's when we had to sit back and be like, "All right, so if we understand what they're requesting, so what can we do to become who we need to become, and still be able to?" Fulfill our responsibilities and still survive. And still survive. That's the you know, that that's the huge fight out there, man. It's like you recognize the long game. You want to keep your ownership. You know all the things you hear that are great phrases, sounds good, and then bills are due every single month. Every single month. And it's like okay, and it's been tempting along this journey, like taking interviews. Deciding, like, man, should I jump back into the workforce? Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, you know, it's like, what what chances do you take? Am I on the right path? Am I going in the right direction? Like, these these are these are the things that uh, we like to talk about because these are the, to us this is the real. Uh, there's a ton of euphoria once you start the business, and then there's the day after. <laughs> yeah, then there's the day after, and that's... And we had to get to work, and it was uh, not knowing exactly where you're going, uh, having to fight with people who want you to be detailed when you have a vision, but you don't know every step in between. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of... Uh, a lot of reading, right. um, a lot of new understanding, trying to make it make sense in your current life and our real life. Uh, so this is, when we talk about financial therapy, these are the things that we were discussing, going through, trying to figure out. And this is the part, for us, this was the rubber meeting the road. Because we were talking about entrepreneurship from the start. Jump Street. And then we actually jumped into it and it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You start okay, realizing. Are we going to switch? <laughs> Well, yeah, you can talk about it, but when you jump out there... It's tough, man. You start realizing... But that's... Again, that goes to what you become. Like, you didn't know you had that breaststroke. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. didn't know you had that. You had to develop it while you out there. Um, then, with all of those responsibilities, the, the thing that... And I'll just, you know, be a little bit more vulnerable. The thing that I had to learn was being happy within my sacrifices. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're sacrificing, your appearance is not going to look like what society thinks you should look like. It's not going to look like that. And and when you care about people and you value certain people's decisions and their opinions, when they give you a level of criticism or... Um, quote unquote <laughs> encouragement, it can be damaging to the past ego that you've had. Yeah. You the ego is a tough one. That's a good point. You know, it, it is tough. So it goes to the new book that I'm reading, you know, Men Searching for Meaning. It was the guy, he was in the Holocaust, and we'll hopefully we may get into Victor Frankel. Yeah, Victor Frankel, he said, success like happiness 
you can't pursue it, it must ensue. Mm. You know, I, I believe we, you said it in, in so many words previously, and you can't, you can't, underst- you can't understand it until you get out there. And another quote that he said, which was, I hope this encourages you because I, me saying it is going to encourage myself. He was saying that life is about suffering. And it's coming from a guy who was in the Holocaust. Life is about suffering and finding the per- and finding that purpose is is how you fi- figure out the meaning of life. So again, when we jumped out there to swim and all of these things that we thought mattered, it don't matter no more. The money, the cars, you can have you start realizing like this has nothing to do with it it doesn't bring as much satisfaction as sitting down with somebody, hearing their vision, mapping it out, and the, the fulfillment they get when they hit a checkpoint. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the fulfillment we get from knowing that we helped them get to that place. Exactly. It has nothing it has it's worth it. And knowing that that feeling is real and still having the fight of, okay, now how do we make this profitable? Exactly. How do we monetize that? And you brought up a great strategy when we were speaking to a group about your ideal client. Yeah. And how that helped us to um, yeah. get more detailed with yeah, our process. I, I got it from uh, Gary V. Uh, I think it was, it might have been Jab, Right Hook, or uh, it was one of the books that he came out with a few years ago. And he was talking about uh, your greatest competitive advantage is the ability to work for free. And when you're trying, and he was just talking about it just in a general standpoint, if you're trying to break into an industry, start something new, whatever it be, may be, uh, but being able to do that for free. And he was talking to the young 20-something. But in this new generation of digital disruption, extreme mobility, well, not now, but you know, generally speaking, there's a lot of startovers that probably you go through life that you didn't generations before. Uh, people aren't selling down as much, they're moving a lot more, and they're not working for companies for decades on end. They're having a lot of restarts and resets. And uh, we were thinking, I was like, okay, uh, what helped us get at least on the road? Again, this is just getting on the road, was finding the ideal client and doing whatever it took to bring value to that client. And in that process, we learned our process. And it's still something we fine tune to this day. But it started from, we knew this was the guy, we knew this was the client, had the mindset, uh, had the wherewithal, had the ability to take action, wanted to take action. And we're like, this is who we're looking for. And then it was like, okay, well, what exactly are we, <laughs> what exactly are we doing? with that client and we had to figure it out and it took time so that's what brought us to the ideal client uh, project uh, which is you know something even if you're listening out there if you recently started a business or you have a business idea uh, who's your ideal client Uh, approach them in a way where it's no pressure you're not trying to charge per se this is an investment into your company. You're doing it free for them, but it's cost for you. It is cost. It costs to work. <coughs> and you're trying to learn. Uh, hopefully you track 
everything from start to finish and you're trying to learn okay what exactly is the value that i'm bringing what exactly is the problem that i'm solving like we we went through all those different uh variations trying to really bring it back to a circle trying to become above average uh advisor trying to become above average you know businessman and to give you a little um more information <clears throat> one thing that you know Vusi had told us I'm gonna need some water in a little bit uh, appreciate it <clears throat> uh, sorry guys so again this is an investment and we want you guys to see it I appreciate that water this is an investment and we want you guys we would like for you guys to see it as such and, and this is why because the moment you start doing something for free, your business starts going out to business. So a strategy you can do to combat that, thank you, is to send this person an invoice of how much it costs. And then when you send them that invoice, you let them know, hey, but we've taken care of it. So it does a multiple of things, you know, psychology, uh, psychological for, the, for your client, and for yourself. And, you know, that way, in like any, any company, fees are going to go up. Services are going, because, you know, if you're going to keep up or outpace inflation, your cost of, your, your cost is going to have to go up. So that way, when you be like, look, do you feel like this X, Y, Z was a value to you? These are the things that you expected. Did we deliver? And when they get, when they respond and they give you the, the affirmation and the confirmation that you did service them. Okay, and now it's like, all right, well, in order for us to be able to keep this going and keep this providing this service, this is what it's going to cost. Now, there's different strategies. Another book you can read is Split the Difference, which will teach you again how to negotiate. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. Um, but it, it, will, it, will, it will let you know that one of the things that I took away from the book is that when you're on, when somebody's on your team and you get an understanding uh, that money is no longer a factor, it's okay, how do we accomplish this goal? And that's what bringing service to your, to your, uh, your economy is, to your community is. That way you understand. And then that's how you find yourself getting an above average paycheck is with, you know, well, this is what I've learned. Again, you could, you know, I w you can disagree, but this is what I've learned is when you're able to do that, you, I found it in myself that I wasn't doing this for money. I just knew that it was going to take money to accomplish this goal. And when me and my client had an understanding for that, um, regardless if it was blood or, or, or you know, family, uh, we was willing to work with each other, just like a potluck, you know? Um, so I hope that brought, I hope that brought an understanding. Um, but those books, again, we threw a list of books out. Uh, shout out to, uh, I don't know how you, if you are an audiobook person or you haven't tried it, give it a try. I promise you. We've gone through so many more books. Yeah. Switch it to audiobook. Man, yeah, Audible is amazing, right? Shout out to Audible, $15 a month. No, they're not sponsoring this podcast. They're not. But $15 a month. Uh, they give you a credit a month, which can be used to purchase no matter what the price of the book is. You can return the book, a uh, little cheat sheet, 
If you read it quickly, you can return it, and they'll give you back your credit, uh, and then you can sit on the iPad. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. You can return the book, and you can go ahead and move on to the next one. Yeah. Don't tell Amazon I told you, <laughs> it is a great yeah. game going right now. It is. And it's the most cost-effective way uh, to read books, in my opinion. Because you do it digitally, it's audio, uh, and the return exchange model is so seamless. It is extremely seamless. So if you find yourself reading the book and you listen to it and you get through it in a month or two, go ahead and exchange that title. Uh, if you don't want to keep the book forever, go ahead and exchange it and pull up another one and you're in the game. What I like about the audio uh, book is that you're able to listen it, to it while you're, while you're moving, you know, and that's, that speaks to the amazing audience that we have. I know you guys are out there grinding, you're out there getting it, uh, and uh, I can relate to that, um, so getting an audio book would be amazing because that allows us to, that allows us to eliminate our excuses, you know. It, it, it was true growth, like straight up. Like yeah. we yeah. are further along because of Audible, not the platform and then choosing the books. A lot of it came from YouTube. Yeah. So we've, we, we've leveraged a lot of, you know, quote unquote, free resources uh, to maximize return. Uh, we we find a book, we find a speaker, we find somebody, or we'll watch something that we respect. They'll name drop a book the same way we do in our podcast. That's our way of paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how we learned about a lot of different things. Uh, relationships, money, uh, finance, the concepts, uh, how it relates to the ambitions of, the, you know, of our lifestyle, and what we want to be, what we want to become. Uh, so this this I'm telling you, if you're not an audiobook person, I wasn't like a year ago. Game changer. Game changer. That's like uh, Murray when he got in the game the other night. That's like Joker when he got in the game. Did you see the three when he came down? Yeah, the side, it's high. Wide, three. Just kind of chucked it up there. What are you gonna do with that? You're gonna you're gonna clip that up and put that on your. Uh, <laughs> You're going to gift that. You're going to gift that. You're going to gift that. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, kind of shift gears just because we brought up the basketball game. Uh, so, if you know anything about... Um, all right. So, the reason why we're having this conversation is because it was brought to our attention. The, the reason public figures are paid the amount of money that they're paid. Apparently, they're bringing a service to the community, correct? And then now, people want to understand what it is that's so special about them that they're getting paid all of this money. Mm. So, you have the LA Clippers. If you've you know, been following the playoffs, I love watching the playoffs because this is a chance to really get some case studies um, amidst the great basketball that you get to see and the skills. You get to see the mindset of particular players and why these players were paid so much from a management standpoint. So you have the LA Clippers who have an amazing brand and this is because two of their players came from two different organizations who were MVP candidates the year before. 
So initially, it's marketed to us that they are going to be the favorites. Yes, and we bought it. And we bought it. Shout out to the influence. Yeah. Hook. Everybody says they don't get influenced, but yeah. man, they keep putting it out. It, it do. That's why it's a billion-dollar industry, multi-billion-dollar industry, the marketing is, because it works. You can't, you can't deny it. That, so they lose to an organization where all the intangibles, after you look back at it, have been in place because they played with each other, they played hard, they had each other's back. Everything that in the book, leadership um, with Warren Buffett was talking about, they possessed these things. And so when they played the other night, we see how money, as quick as it was, couldn't buy a championship this year. And this is why we watch sports is because it is a great business. Live sports is amazing. And you get to see, again, why people are paid these, the, these top dollars. Now, granted, they deserve their above average paycheck, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That they do. They, they, you know, they, now the test is going to be, are they going to be able to learn because they stepped out in the new, like we did as entrepreneurs, they stepped out in a new field because this is their first season. Can they build that continuity moving forward? We're going to see. And we're going to see. We're going to see. But it's, it is a good point. They they can buy a contender, but they couldn't buy the chip. You can't. You can't. And let that be a lesson to us as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as, as investors, that it's okay. What type of culture have we established? Because that... that Again, doesn't cost any money. That's a good point. That, that value cost, free. The va- yeah. That's a good point. Hey, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what culture are you building out there? <laughs> what culture are you building? <laughs> Let's go you back. You want to leave? Like, not business? <laughs> you making adjustments? Yeah, what, what, what culture are you building out there? <laughs> it, it, it's important. It's important. And that, that takes time and energy, and it's easy to be distracted because it is marketed to us to go out there and find whatever is superficial. And we go back to another conversation that we had about Cardi B. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry to hear that about that yeah, personal. That is not. Uh, we don't know what's going on we there. Don't. We wish them well. There's children involved. You know, we hope it's all amicable and they, you know, come to it. You know, whatever that's supposed to be, I hope they come to it. Uh, but it does... Uh, we were just talking about it from the standpoint of men and women uh, and what's going on with relationships in today's age and how financial therapy uh, or how finance is playing a role in that, uh, whether it be the traditional sense of what roles men and women are traditionally have played and how does that compared to where we are in reality in 2020. Uh, in a world where women are, you know, if not just as educated as men, more educated, earning more and more money as, you know, the, as time has gone on, uh, and what's that's done to the roles that men and women have played traditionally. So it's, uh, again, no comments here. Don't come for us, please. 
but it's just something that we, we, we pay attention to. Because again, financial therapy is all about uh, the underlying emotions, conversations, uh, feelings, themes that are shaping our financial behavior. Uh, one thing we notice out there, uh, luxury vehicles, uh, which was traditionally has been a black man's game, has become the black woman's game. Uh, so they statistically are starting, you know, they're buying them up. You know, so what, what's that about? Uh, home ownership. This is real stuff, though. Home ownership. I, I will trust me, I know. <laughs> home ownership is, you know what I mean? Uh, I had, uh, if, I, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. If I may give an example. Uh, so, I went on a date a while back. And I was laughed at, you know, I laughed too, mm-hmm. but there was a truth behind every joke for having a paid off 2010 viewers. Shout out. Um, that I worked hard for from, from nothing, you know what I'm saying? I worked hard, so without understanding the history or the story behind it, I was compared to um, this beautiful woman who has her career. Uh, and she has two cars, luxury vehicles. One was, you know, an alley. And we're no longer date, dating. It was w- one date. <laughs> I, I, and uh, I wish her the best. Uh, but she has an Audi, and it's clean. Like, that thing was clean. <laughs> and then she has a Range Rover. So one of the two was paid off. But it, I was laughed at for not having that, that label. And that was the emphasis in, okay, how does that play a part in the relationships that we're embarking on today? Is it got, has it gotten to that point where um, the amount, the, the, the tag and the, the manifestation of money allows us to um, distinguish ourselves uh, from building that culture that's necessary? That's a good, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, you know, it may be a deeper conversation of what we consider to be the monikers of success. Uh, car ownership, home ownership, the bigger the better, the fancier the better. Uh, it seems as, uh, it seems as evidence of what you make or what you potentially make which is evidence of what you can spend or potentially spend. Um, but it doesn't yield to the long-term. Uh, honestly, when we talk black wealth, you know, you hear it all the time in the conversation, but when we look at the spending habits, they aren't matching uh, our ambitions for wealth. The spending habits are showing a completely different story. So I, I don't know, it's like, a, it's like a tell two stories. You see a lot of black wealth, a lot of black excellence. Yeah. Me, I think excellence is excellence. It uh, doesn't even qualify. Uh, but you see a lot of these different things that are out there, and then you check. We're still on, on path for zero uh, net worth. As, as African Americans. Um, but that's what's mar- it goes back to my point. That is what's marketed to. It is. But at some point, you have to actually go out and buy and it. Take respons- and take responsibility, which yeah. goes back to our, our point again. 
Hey, be careful out there. Uh, I know one thing that I did when I was making good money, but I wasn't happy. I was buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> you kept it simple, right? I was buying a lot of stuff. I was buying a lot of stuff, man. I was clean, though. You was clean? Purple label clean. <sighs> I was clean. But I wasn't wealthy. Yeah. So it was... Uh, the conundrum that I was facing... And the, honestly, the conundrum I still face is enough money to look rich and enough money to build wealth, but not enough money to do both. So it, it's, a, it's a weird space that I think doesn't get enough attention because a lot of times the black community is all, we always get preached at about how poor we are and you know, the, those who aren't well off in our demographic, they are poor, don't get me wrong. But the bulk of us are quote unquote middle class. Now you can poke holes in what that even means, but let's just leave it at face value. Uh, and if that is true and most of us are middle class, that means we do have income and we do have disposable income. And the question becomes, what are we doing with it? So again, I think a lot of us are in a position, especially young black millennials, uh, the educated entrepreneurial, enough money to look rich and, and enough money to invest for wealth, but not enough money to do both. And choosing one way or the other has huge implications. Uh, for my young 20s, I chose a lot of looking rich. Okay. And I didn't choose enough of investing for wealth. And 10 years later, you will notice the difference because all the stuff you own, it will be old. I don't care how fly it looks now. <laughs> it will be old, you will be over it, you will have moved on. And the investments may continue to pay dividends. I got um, paid some dividends out of the day. But it's still, you said what? I got some dividends out of the day. Hey, shut up. Yeah, so it's not nothing crazy, don't no. It's nothing to look rich, I'm gonna tell you that. <laughs> but. It is a good, it is a good feeling, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. Nah, you stop. Yeah. Yeah, so stop being unreasonable, ladies. <laughs> the only reason why I brought up those stories of the public figures is because they get paid to be public figures, and that allows us to not criticize. We don't, I don't want to criticize them because I was a public figure before as a basketball player, and you know my name was in the paper. Uh, for things that I did right, things I did wrong, you got to be the judge for that, and I'm fine with that. Um, it, 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 but it, it gives us an opportunity to learn. Uh, and if you want to use, you know, just why I give my examples, you want to use our examples to learn, please do because uh, we're all, all of us. Even if you was the one who was spending, and I was, in your twenties, don't feel guilty by any means of the imagination. You know what I'm saying? Take it for what it was worth um, and learn from it and be and own it. Own that. And that becomes your story. That becomes because nobody has a story like yours. And now you can you can utilize it. I just, in my opinion, believe that now that we understand it, let's eliminate all the excuses. You know what I'm saying? Let's eliminate all the excuses of of I'm too busy. I can't read. Let's eliminate the excuses of the color of my skin is why I'm not able to take a, a, a leap further. 
uh, let me let me eliminate all the excuses of I'm a single man and I can't find me a beautiful woman. Like let's 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 eliminate the excuses of I'm a professional athlete and they look at me like I don't know anything. Let's eliminate the excuses of I'm a musician and I'm in a I'm I'm a I'm a rapper and I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a, a field where super superficial music is automated. Like that's just what it is. Let's eliminate those excuses and let's be let's own up to our truths. And when we own up to our truth, then that allows us to own up to manifestation of home ownership, of cars, because now we've owned our thoughts, we owned our mind, we owned our, our time. And when you own those things, you're a lot more cognizant and aware of what you do with those things. And then now your value starts going up because you're not about to give it away to somebody who doesn't, who doesn't deserve it. I'm not going to go on another date with a woman who feels like the, the label on, the, on her clothes or the, the, the symbol on the car is more important than or do you have a vision and do you have a goal? Um, and, and have you been working on that today? Have you thought about your vision today? You know what I'm saying? Because I value my time. And it all started to coming back to me because what's important to me is what's in between this. And because of what's in between this, this is what's going to allow you to be above average. And you're going to eliminate spending time with people who are not going to value value that. It, it And then that's goes to when wherever we're headed, not everybody can go. You know what I'm saying? And wherever you're headed, not everybody can go because, you know what I'm saying? It And it's okay. And you increase your ability to love because sometimes love can be disciplinary. Sometimes love can be encouraging. Um, but whatever the case may be, you're going to have to have that conversation with them and let them know the truth. Like, look, I, I was up front with you. Um, I let you know that we're going to do this. Now this is where we're going. Uh, if you want to be a part of what we're going to be a part of, this is what the requirement for that is. This is, if you want to do it your way, please, I please support. I mean, I, I, if I can help you, I can help you. Um, we'll just have to have a conversation. Let me get back to you. Like these are your truths that you start developing. And I think... These are the things that we want to continue in financial therapy to market so we can break down those concepts. Because, again, the market is with uh, Snowflake and, and Tesla seem to be everybody's, like, the pandemonium around these, these investments. And it's easy to feel like you're being left out because somebody's winning. Very hard. You know what I'm saying? You're missing out. It, it it is it is difficult. And especially in real life. You're yeah. In the stock market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in reality. In reality. Like, and out, in the stock, the stock like market. Out. Yeah, you feel like you're missing out. You'd be like laying in the bed, got a beautiful woman next to you. Like, man, my boy's out. What am I going to do? But the stock market thrives on emotion. Like, So understanding your truth will allow you to be like, all right, this is the criteria that I have. And even though this is booming, how can I? How can I? How can I withstand the what's in how, how I'm feeling right now to keep me from jumping into something that I really don't have an idea, and um, I know I've been long-winded. Yeah. Goes back to the Warren Buffett book that we read. One of his laws was tw- number twenty-five. He missed out on Walmart, 
and he missed out on another company. And he spoke to what his process is when he misses out. And I thought it was very liberating and understanding like that somebody with that much money can admit. And he talks about publicly admitting when you're wrong. I was wrong about the Clippers, so if you're listening. Um, I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> I was wrong about the Clippers. I will not be wrong. No, I'm not going to say that. About the Jimmy Butler buckets. I like, I like, I like them. Oh, you like the heat over the Celtics? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I think, Celtics, I think the Celtics is a better team, talent-wise. Uh, and, I, and I was really impressed with that game. I can't call it. But anyway, I think it speaks a lot to what Warren Buffett was saying of how he developed this process of admitting when you're wrong and being able to go back and understand, you know, how did you miss that? And being okay with missing particular things and understanding the truth, which allows you to be an above average person because you, it's easy. We can define what an above average is and you can define it for yourself or what an above average person is. Like that's like, you could def- like define what success is to you. Um, if success is having two cars, then rightly deserve your successful. I mean, who am I to, to take away your truths? Um, but once you define that and you're able to define what your truths are, then you're able to identify, okay, this is what's important to me. And I can remove myself from what society is telling, is telling me. Now these, again, this Fight is, it. yeah, Fight it. It, it, it's a, it's it, be, 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 yeah, they be lying to us, man. <laughs> You, to us, bro. you said that like you got a lot on your jet, a lot of experiences back yeah, then. Yeah, just uh, I mean, just I, the Clippers is a good example. Uh, beware, uh, this is again another audible book that we learned Robert Greene, The yeah. Laws of Human Nature, mm. great book. Yeah, uh, beware of viral emotion. Mm. So it can, you'd be surprised how much of your opinion is shaped through others. Uh, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's not necessarily saying it's somewhere around it. I'm definitely not saying I'm above it because I buy into it the same. <laughs> I have been swept up in a few stories this year. Uh. Uh, whether it be George Floyd, whether it be coronavirus, uh, whether it be Congress and the stimulus talk. Man, I've been swept up in so much viral emotion. It's ridiculous. Uh, and sometimes you get, you know, little moments wake you up. Like uh, Nancy Pelosi kneeling with Kente Claw woke me up. <laughs> I was like, okay, what's going on here? She could barely get down that knee, God bless her. But, <laughs> but that, that stuff is real. I'm telling you, that viral emotion stuff is real. And you'd be like, man, how on earth did I ever believe that? So the Clippers are a good example. Game seven exposed media bias. Because Jamal Murray dropped 40 on their heads. Right across them with Dylan. And the next day, nobody knew what to say. Everybody was like, they was is it still Clippers Lakers? Yeah. Uh, the Conference Finals? And they were like, no. Clippers went home. Yeah. Cancun. And the media had everybody believing the Clippers were championship ready. Pedigree. Now it's, oh, well, you know, it's their first year together. Nobody ever really does it. But they had already hyped us all up. Same thing in the market. Uh, it's no different than uh, some of the momentum stocks and the momentum names that you've seen. They keep ramping up. 
you have the fear of missing out. You, you feel like everybody on social media is in the trade because they all show you their profits. And now you're jumping in. You don't know why you own it. You just want to own it. <laughs> and you get on the tail end. And their 30% gain, how does the profit turn into your 30% loss because you came in late and you're trying to, you bought the hype and you don't even know why you own it. I'm just saying that to say that's not just the stock market. That's not just with finances. That's an emotional human trait. And again, financial therapy is all about what shapes our financial behavior. So these are just things just be aware of because they pop up everywhere. They pop up in your sports. They pop up in your employment, your business, uh, your investing, your market investing, stock. It doesn't matter. Be careful. Because what makes this world? Good question. Relationships. People. What makes, go back to the, uh, the book, Robert Greene book, Mastery. He mm-hmm. said, what allowed humans to go through that, whatever you believe of how we came to be as humans, what separated us was our conscious mind. Um, to develop and endure some of the instinctive animals that would really should be more superior in nature. But because we had the ability to think, it allowed us to be successful. So the relationships that you, so to back to our, I don't want to, at the extent and the extent of being redundant, when you read books of, you know, self-worth and, and, it would allow you to understand how to have relationships, which will again boost your value and allow you to have become an above average person, not better than anybody. We're not saying that. We're not saying we're 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 better than anybody because that is actually counterproductive. But it's not even being better. It's like it is being better. It's being better than you. You were the day before. Exactly. Before. It sounds corny. But it's real. But it's real. Because everybody out here wants to get paid. We want to make more money. You want to make more money. Uh, you want to bring more value. You want to put more smiles on your customers or clients or employers or employees. Everybody wants to be in a situation where not only they're happy, but the people around them are. Uh, and for us, you know, we as we think about and reflect on our own lives and what we're trying to do, uh, we like to have these conversations to kind of say, here's where we are right now. Here are the crossroads that we see. Uh, we see a lot of viral emotion out there. We see a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it victimhood because I don't want to make light of the things that people are going through. But anytime you get to a place where you feel like the power is outside of you, Stop. Yeah. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's said for a reason. And let's understand, like, we do want to understand reality. Like, another reason why we're doing this is because we try to, we do research. We don't try. We do research of what to prove. If you were to listen to our early interviews, we do research on what to predict the environment is going to be like, what the economy is going to be like. But again, we understand we're not able to do that. Like, to a, a, a a factual. Like, all we can do is 
get a plan and then improvise. Get a plan and, and make adjustments because that, you know. My reaction. Exactly. And we can also track our emotions and learn from our relationships and our experiences so we can, okay, start. This is why I believe we have emotions is so they can be the signs of what to come because that's our instincts. This is what, when we understand emotion, these are the instincts. So imagine us driving on a road. You and I are going to Florida, right? We're going to Miami. Um, in my head, yo. Every day I'm hustling. And we see the sign for uh, after we get on 285, it's going to take us all the way wrappers around to 75. We start seeing 75. It's like, okay, you need to start merging to the right to get to 75 so you could go to Miami. If we do not listen to what that sign is saying, we're going to find ourselves wrapping right back around. Look, didn't I just say <laughs> did, Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. This is, now you back over here cumbling. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Or we could see that sign of what our emotions are and lean into it and ask ourselves, why are we feeling like this? Why are we feeling anxious? Why are we feeling apprehensive? Why are we doing this? Is it because I'm scared? Is it because I'm fearful? Is it because of the feel of inadequacy? Well, when was a time and a moment when I was inadequate? And then what happened? Okay, then how did I feel after that? Oh, I was really disappointed because I missed an opportunity. And again, once you miss an opportunity, we can't get that back. So then let's lean into that and document that and keep moving forward. And that goes into another other strategies that we'll talk about later of how, you know, I think we might have talked about it, but I think that I think that plays a huge part, and I know it plays a huge part into understanding how can we do that so we can be better in investing. How can we how can we increase our human life value by doing these tactics and these strategies? Because you know it's it's easy it, again it is easy to have an excuse and fall accessible acceptable what is the word when you you fall victim to what is going on acceptable. acceptable you fall acceptable to to you know what society is telling you it it is it's easy to do that yeah think it through figure out how much do you actually care do you really care that much. And if you do, figure out how you're gonna, what are you gonna do about it? Exactly. Uh, but the indecision, that trust me, that'll kill you even more. Okay, boy, yeah. that. And, and then, then you can ask, is it, is it hurting your bottom line? Like from a business, we talked about being the CEO of your business, and the number one thing as a business is to understand: Are you bringing profits in? Uh, and so, how can and, and, uh, black people let's stop sharing in pain and not sharing in the upside? Exactly. We're not sharing in the joy. Or and vice versa. Sometimes we only talk about the wins. And we don't talk about the L's. And we don't talk about the L's. And we we pretty much what we're saying is full circle. Like, yeah. Talk, be vulnerable. Be talk vulnerable. About it all. Um, even though it feels like everybody's winning except you, look at the statistics. We're all in the same boat for the most part. Um, so human, that's been human existence since the beginning of time. We're typically all searching for the same things. Uh, we have different cultural beliefs. We have different makeup, different genders, 
different ideologies, but the end goal is typically been the same. Uh, you know, we're either looking for joy or looking to uh, stay away from pain. We're trying to avoid pain or search for joy. Shout out to Marjan. Mm. Uh, put that was a great quote from her. But uh, so I, we said that to say is there's a lot of division in the world going on right now. Uh, a lot of media driven uh, outrage as far as the response to these things. And Martin Luther King said something very, very poignantly. He said, you know, uh, hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do mm. that. Uh, so we've we've got to find a way to get back to loving our neighbor. I know we're like, man, you're getting into a same who we all the world conversation. <laughs> but it's but it's it's real. Yeah, it's something that we see going on. Yeah, they, they steady trying to convince me that I have to care about every person that's ever been shot by the police. And I know this sounds crazy right now, given the climate. But I don't know these people, but I care about them, and I care about their families and what happened to them. But I've been made to highlight that. But what about the the other side? What about all of the deaths and the losses of life to people that look just like them? Am I to care the same way? Am I not to care as much? Do I need the media to signal when to care and when not to care? Be careful with that, that, yeah. that viral emotion, man. It'll take you some places. And it may not take you to where you're trying to go. Exactly. And, and to piggyback off that great point of hate can't drive out hate only love can when you love when when you truly love you seek to understand what the other side is telling you not to gain an advantage even though it is advantageous to moving forward but everybody wants to feel understood and you understand that they want to feel understood so one of the the, the steps that I took was reading a book about uh what was it, my man's name? Uh, uh, finding the meaning, a man's search for meaning. Oh, uh, Frank. Uh, Frank. Uh, Victor Frankel. Victor Frankel. The, one of the reasons to, for reading that book was, here's this man who's a Jew, all right? He's Jewish, and he goes through the Holocaust. And I'm finding the similarities of the Jewish now we could definitely you can argue I'm not trying to argue that there's a difference between what the you know the Jewish community and and the African American community that went through the slave slave trade. Oh, they're gonna argue with that. Yeah, you can if 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 that's what you're trying to argue, then then I believe then you're gonna miss the whole understanding of what I'm trying to to say. What I'm trying to say is, what jewel can I sift out? of this whole story that will help liberate the whatever subconscious or conscious oppression that is in me from my past history. You see what I'm saying? So I'm seeing the Jewish uh, who was put in these concentration camps, ripped from their family, split up, similar to the Willie Lynchman letters, and forced to work for free uh, and I'm still only probably 30 minutes into the book. Uh, and they're killed, they're threatened, you know what I'm saying? And then for them to come to America and find success uh, in a community where uh, it is, and you you alluded to this, to where there's stats that say the Jewish dollar 
is pretty successful amongst their community. However, if you look at the African American dollar, it is not. Um, and that's my probably my biggest personal issue. Again, you don't have to agree with us. You don't really care, uh, but we do care about you. Uh, but it's. Hello, YGS. This is Emmanuel Holloway. It's your boy, Stephen Newman. And this is Financial Therapy. Uh, we're excited. We're just going to flow right into today's conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything in particular you want to share with the audience before we... Uh, what do I want to share? Uh, yeah, you can't see, but currently at YGS Studios, we got uh, some prepares going on. We do. Uh, they're finishing up the floor. Yeah. At Financial Therapy, we always talk, you know, life and... And life. <laughs> and life and life and life happening and exactly so uh quick story uh the neighbors installed a bidet uh it's a fancy toilet you know toilet situation going on uh, google it if you don't know I'm not a fan it's a it's uh never used one I'm popular in europe <laughs> it is popular i remember the first time i saw one but they uh i don't know if it was the way it was installed something happened and the thing flooded Mm. And it flooded overnight. Uh, so we went to sleep and woke up to a flooded garage. Water was coming through our kitchen underneath the floor. So, so uh, small, our quick story there, just uh, you never know. never know. And, of course, you know, great neighbor, you know, he's, he's doing the right thing. Insurance just have to get involved. We have to get our insurance involved. Uh, and that comes with a $1,500 deductible. Uh, that we most likely will get back, but still, it was something that uh, we weren't prepared for. Well, no, we were prepared for it. It was something we weren't expecting. Yeah. Let me put it like that. Uh, so, just a little little quick story for all my homeowners out there or future homeowners. Uh, there, there's going to be things that you're not expecting um, that will happen, and it's 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 it. Uh, Behooves you. Behooves. <laughs> That's a good word. <laughs> to have yeah. something stored in case, uh, and also to have insurance. So thank God, you know it's a new place. Uh, we got homeowners insurance, so we have somebody who has to deal with that. Uh, this would be a more more costly ordeal if we didn't have that in place. Uh, but even with having insurance, uh, know your deductibles. Know what you have to come to the table with uh, to file a claim to see a claim through. Some of those things are standard, and just make sure you've got that ready to deploy. Because, again, if you'd have told me, you know, a month ago that my neighbor would install a bidet and I would see the water in my floor. <laughs> <laughs> Different story. And be, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So, just a, just a story for homeowners there. That's it. That's all I got to share. Yeah. Let me put this on story. Oh, not airplane mode. Currently run. As entrepreneurs, we, we, we run multiple businesses as entrepreneurs to protect against when one co- company isn't going as sufficient uh, or as running as efficient or being as effective or productive, better yet. Especially with all those businesses. And you got a hotline. He's uh, funny. Style. He's, he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny. Don't, don't believe that. Don't believe me, just watch. <laughs> so it might not be five in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing, man. You still up calling. I see what you're doing. That was a good song, though, back in... Uh, yeah, Ricky, I, I, Ricky Rick, eh? 
Pretty Ricky was actually, I don't know about the lyrics in there, you know, how deep the concepts of the lyrics were, but, but they, they, they had a hook. They had a hook each that time. every time. AJ ain't nothing but And Plusher was like, don't sleep on him. Like, he was low-key, you know, he had, he had talent. Yeah, they marketed him great. You know, they, they knew their audience. Um, and that hook, I mean, grind with me and yeah, hotline. hotline. The hooks were yeah, just off the chain. Yeah. Then they jumped on that Scream tour with uh, B2K and Bow Wow. Yeah, it's true. I forgot about jumped, that. They jumped on that tour, and that was, you know. Shout out to all the teenagers from the early 2000s. Yeah, that was a different lifestyle, man. That was b- before, that was right there when MySpace was coming in, right, my, it, a little bit before MySpace. Okay. Was that ringtone era, or we're not there yet? Were we there yet? We wasn't there, ringtone era. We was almost the ringtone era. Okay. Almost the ringtone era. Before MySpace? Dang. Yeah, I know, right? I got a question for you, the audience. I got a question for the audience. What was your first ringtone? What was your first ringtone? Uh, I believe mine's was T.I. Andro, my girl got a girlfriend. Mm, my girl got a girlfriend. Chevy Blue Light Whirlwind. Passing by flying from <laughs> <of> Jersey. <laughs> Dang, Joe. Shout out, Joe. Shout I out had shoulder link. I did have shoulder link, but I don't know. I don't think that was my first one. I remember my first ringtone for a lady. For my girl. For my was. Oh, okay. My first life. love. Oh, that's Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Vaughn and Kiki, I think it's Kiki on it. My only <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Soon as that thing, he was like, oh, yeah, that's like, yeah. Vaughn, you had it. That's what he had. <laughs> yeah, babe, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, me, I'm just chilling. I choose you again. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, of course. Of course you did. Yeah, my was, first love. My first love, man. It was, it was a cranker, man. I forgot what the other question I was going to ask, but Man, it was I good. feel bad. Oh yeah, he got my first love. My girl got. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then the next one was all right. Do you remember the other seven people in your top eight? Because I know Tom was in there. Tom was probably in your top yeah. eight. Shout out to Tom, man. Hope you well. Of course, he's doing well. Yeah, he's doing great. Hope he's doing well. Um. I don't remember the other seven people. I know one for sure because we were dating at the time. <laughs> she had to be in there. God, yeah, man. That's that. That was that was the first like probably like uh, social media based slip up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> because that was for me. For I guess for I don't know. Let me speak for myself. But for me, that was the first time thinking about a social ramification being just as bad as mm. an in-person mm. ramification. Now, that was the first time where they were the same. And honestly, where it, it eclipsed real life. Because no matter what, you and your girlfriend, teenage, whatever y'all beefing at the time, she better be on that top eight. <laughs> so did you... But it's not a real thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not an actual real thing. Of course she's my top eight. Yeah. Hello. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if she's not on that social... Platform as top eight, you got a t- you got a problem. Yeah, as soon as she slide out of that top eight, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's been well, who else is in that top yeah. eight? 
who is this person? Yeah. That's when social, that, that was the first time social anything was like, could so, be a problem. So I, I know you're not active on social media now, but compare that to what's going on today. Oh, see, I mean, that's top eight. It's laughable now. <laughs> With DMs and all the other things, that's... Comments. That's child's play, yeah. top eight. Now yeah. you don't know. Don't. Don't. Now you don't know. Now you have a lot of activity. You have a lot of people. And you introduced to more people. Yeah. Like my space, I found people. And for people that were older, this is also maybe an age comment. Apparently, you know, people were moving on my space, especially music-wise. It was making things happen for people. But, I mean, the amount of people that I'm introduced now through, like, Instagram and Facebook and other places... I mean, I get suggestions every day of people to follow. Um, the search tab didn't—I don't remember that existing in, in MySpace, where you could just search the universe of people. You just had to go—you had to go down the rabbit hole of people's pages. Your top yeah, eight, and then shut your eight. computer down. <laughs> eight videos playing at once. Got a background, visual art. It just—it just—it just uh click. click. Had a good nine. Reach that in. 